Thanks so much, uh, Ramiro, Maria. Awesome to have you reading God's Word, and congratulations to them, a, a new couple. They were married at a sunrise in a nice ceremony uh, just last month. Uh, felicidades a Ramiro y Maria en su, en su casamiento, su matrimonio, uh, que fue el mes pasado. Y gracias por leer la palabra de Dios. You know, uh, through this whole pandemic that we've been going through, um, one thing I think has become clear to me. Una cosa está en claro conmigo en esta pandemia. And it's this. Nothing is clear. <laughs> Nothing is clear. Nada está claro. I mean, there are just so many opinions and so many perspectives and everyone seems to have a different take on what we're facing, what we're dealing with. Todo el mundo tiene una opinión y una perspectiva distinta de lo que estamos enfrentando. You've heard them all, right? Uh, this is really bad, some people are saying. Esto va muy mal, dicen algunos. And others are saying, this isn't so bad. It's not the end of the world. No es el fin del mundo, dicen otros. We all need to wear masks. Todos tenemos que llevar mascarilla. We don't need masks. No ocupamos mascarilla, dicen otros. Oh, we need to shelter in place. We need to stay home. Tenemos que quedarnos en casa. We need to get on with the business of life and keep going. Tenemos que seguir la rutina. But hey, we need to listen to the experts. Hay que escuchar a los expertos. The experts don't know what they're talking about. No saben de qué hablan los expertos. And so back and forth it goes, right? There's this ping pong of, a, of opinions and perspectives and pronouncements and arguments. Hay muchas opiniones y argumentos. And at the end of it all, we're saying, who do we listen to? ¿A quién escuchamos? Who's the real authority in this situation? ¿Quién tiene la autoridad en esta situación? And, and most of all, uh, what's the best course of action? What do we do? ¿Cuál es el camino que debemos llevar? And those are all questions they, that just cry out for answers for us right now. Because not much is clear. Uh, hay preguntas que hay que contestarlas, pero no están claro. And, and that's true in our society, but it's also something we see often in the church. Vemos esto en la iglesia también. Because the reality is, even in the church, we often come into situations, we come into circumstances where it's not clear what to do. Hay circunstancias donde no está claro qué hacer. It's not clear what we're facing. It's not clear how to live. No está claro cómo vivir. ¿Qué estamos enfrentando? And so, does God speak to us in that? And if so, how can we hear God speaking? And how do we submit to God's voice, God's authority, and not just the loudest voice in the room? ¿Cómo someternos a la autoridad de Dios y no simplemente la voz más fuerte? Those are all hard questions sometimes. But thank God, we have His Word. We have His Word to give us direction. La Palabra de Dios nos da dirección. And, and this morning, what I want to do is to go into this scripture that Ramiro and Maria read from Acts chapter 15. Because in Acts chapter 15, uh, we find the early Christian church at a time facing a situation where everything was not clear. La iglesia está enfrentando una situación donde todo no está claro. 
And it had to do with the increasing number of non-Jewish believers, of, of Gentiles who were coming to faith in Jesus and then coming into the community of the church. Tenía que ver con los gentiles, los no judíos que llegaban a la fe en la iglesia. See, uh, in the early days of the Christian movement, at first, most of the people coming into the church, most of the people who, who professed faith in Jesus were Jews. Los primeros cristianos eran judíos. They brought into the church with them their Jewish lifestyle, their Jewish customs, their Jewish culture. Traían con ellos sus costumbres y cultura judías. And, and really that wasn't a hard transition because Jesus was a Jew. Jesus came right into their culture. Jesus followed many of the same customs, and so they're following Jesus. And really, it was just almost a smooth transition in some ways. Jesús también era judío, entonces era muy fácil seguir las costumbres judías. But then, as more non-Jewish people, Gentiles, started to come to faith in Jesus, a whole new question cropped up, a situation that was not clear. What do you do about these Gentiles? They're bringing their own customs into the church. ¿Qué hacer con los gentiles ahora? Eh, tienen sus propias costumbres. Now, some people were saying, well, here's what we got to do. If you're going to be a good Christian, the first thing you need to do is become a good Jew. And you need to follow all the customs and all of the celebrations and all of the habits of a Jew, and then you're a good Christian. Algunos decían, para hacerse un buen cristiano, hay que ser un buen judío y seguir todas las costumbres de la cultura judía. Others said, no, no, that's not it. All you need is to believe in Jesus and be baptized in his name. That's all you need. Otros decían, solo hay que creer en Jesús y ser bautizado en su nombre. And so this debate was going on, and it, and it comes to a head here, in Acts chapter 15, this is where we see everything kind of come to a point where there's got to be a course of action. Todo viene al punto de Hechos 15. And so I want to read, first of all, those first two verses again and, and set the scene. Quiero leer los primeros dos versículos. It says, Some men came down from Judea, that's where Jerusalem was, and they came to Antioch, which is in present-day Turkey, and they were teaching the brothers, the Gentile brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Algunos que habían llegado de Judá, Antioquía, se pusieron a enseñar a los hermanos, a menos que ustedes se circunciden conforme a la tradición de Moisés, no pueden ser salvos. And this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. Esto provocó un altercado y un serio debate de Pablo y Bernabé con ellos. Entonces se decidió que Pablo y Bernabé y algunos otros creyentes subieran a Jerusalén para tratar este asunto con los apóstoles y ancianos. So there's this debate going on. What do you do with the new Gentile believers? ¿Qué hacer con los gentiles que creen? And there were some who came from Jerusalem to the church in Antioch, and they said, here's the deal. If you do not have your men circumcised, unless they have their skin cut, according to Moses' teaching, you're not a Christian, and you can't be saved. You can't enter eternal life. Algunos decían, no puedes entrar en la vida eterna, ser salvo, a menos que sea circuncidado, según la ley de Moisés. 
And Paul and Barnabas said, no way, that's not the way it is. And so there was this discussion and debate. Finally, they decide to go to Jerusalem. They appoint a delegation, hay una delegación que va a Jerusalén, and they get together all the leaders of the church, all of the apostles and the elders, se reúnen los apóstoles en Jerusalén. Now, it's important to notice something. Notice what they do and what they don't do. Miren lo que hacen y no hacen. What they don't do is make a snap decision. They don't just say, well, here's what you do. Just go get, you know, get on with it. They don't do that. No hacen una decisión inmediata. Instead, they sit down and they talk about it. And they discuss it. And when they talk, they also listen. Ellos hablan entre sí y también escuchan. And so they begin the whole process simply by hearing one another. And then from there, they listen to another person. They listen to the Apostle Peter. Después escuchan al Apostle Pedro. Peter's significant because you see, Peter is the one who in Acts chapter 10 was the first one to preach the good news to the Gentile people, to the non-believers. He went to the house of a man named Cornelius, a Roman soldier, and he preached Jesus to Cornelius and his family believed. Pedro en, en Hechos 10 predicó a un gentil Cornelio, un soldado romano, y su familia creyó. And so Peter has some experience here. In Acts 15, 7, this is what it says. It says, after much discussion, uh, después de una larga discusión, so there's the talking with each other, it says, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. Ustedes saben que desde un principio Dios me escogió de entre ustedes para que por mi boca los gentiles oyeran el mensaje del evangelio y creyeran. In other words, he's saying, remember Cornelius? Remember what I did? And then he says this, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. Dios que conoce el corazón humano mostró que los aceptaba, dándoles el Espíritu Santo lo mismo que a nosotros. There's something significant here, because in Acts chapter 2, Peter was the one who preached at Pentecost, at the birth of the church. Pedro predicó en Hechos 2. And the Holy Spirit fell on 3,000 Jewish people, and they believed in Jesus. El Espíritu Santo cayó sobre 3,000 judíos y creyeron en Jesús. And in Acts chapter 10, it was Peter again who preached to Cornelius and this group of Gentiles. En Hechos 10, Pedro predica al grupo de gentiles. What happens? Same thing. The Holy Spirit falls on the group of Gentiles, and they too believe in Jesus. There's no distinction. Ellos también creen Jesús cuando el Espíritu Santo cae sobre ellos. And so Peter's saying, look, there's no difference in the way that God is working. God's working the same with the Jews as he is with the Gentiles. Dios obra lo mismo con los judíos que con los gentiles. And then in verse 10, Peter gives this conclusion. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples, that is the Gentile disciples, a yoke? A burden that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear. Dice, ¿Por qué tratan ahora de provocar a Dios poniendo sobre el cuello de esos discípulos un yugo que ni nosotros ni nuestros antepasados hemos podido soportar? No, he says. We believe that it is through the grace, the gift of the Lord Jesus that we are saved. Just as 
They are. No puede ser. Más bien, como ellos creemos que no, ser, somos salvos por la gracia de nuestro Señor, Jesús. So Peter's saying, in effect, we don't need more customs. No ocupamos más costumbres. We're asking them to, to follow customs we can't even follow. It's a yoke. It's a burden. It enslaves us. It doesn't help us. Estamos pidiéndoles que lleven una carga que ni nosotros podemos llevar. No, we don't need more customs. What we need more of is Jesus. Because it is through the gift of Jesus that people are saved. That's how it happens. Ocupamos más a Jesús. Es por el regalo de Jesús que somos salvos. And then in verse 12, Acts 15:12, it says, the whole assembly became silent. They were taking this in. Toda la asamblea guardó silencio. They listened to Peter. And then they listened to Paul and Barnabas. Después escucharon a Pablo y Bernabé. Verse 12 goes on to say, they listened to Paul and Bar Barnabas telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. La asamblea guardó silencio para escuchar a Bernabé y Pablo que les contaron las señales y prodigios que Dios había hecho por medio de ellos entre los gentiles. So Paul and Barnabas get up and they say, Hey, listen, Jesus changed that Gentile over there. Jesus transformed this guy over here. Oh, this person over there. Their lives have been turned around by the power of Jesus. And they're telling all these stories. Están narrando Pedro, Pablo y Bernabé los testimonios de personas transformadas, cambiadas por Jesús. And they're listening to this. You pick up a theme going on here. They listen to each other. They listen to Peter. They listened to Paul. They listened to Barnabas. Escucharon unos a otros, a Pedro, a Pablo, a Bernabé. And then, in Acts 15, 13, they listened to James. Después escuchan a Jacobo. Who's he? Well, he's the leader, uh, kind of the main apostle for Jerusalem. And he's presiding over the meeting. Él es, es el que preside sobre la reunión. And so James stands up, Acts 15:13 it says when they had finished James spoke up what does he say brothers listen to me cuando terminaron Jacobo tomó la palabra hermanos escúchenme and then James proceeds to speak not only to speak from himself but he opens up the word of God Jacobo abre la palabra de Dios he opens up the bible and in Acts 15:15 15, 15, he basically says Brothers, what's going on right now is what the prophets predicted. This is in agreement with what the Old Testament prophets said would happen. Eso concuerda con lo que dijeron los profetas del Antiguo Testamento. And then in Acts 15:16, he quotes from the prophet Amos in the Old Testament. Y después él, él cita del profeta Amos del Antiguo Testamento. He says, remember what Amos said. God says after this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Dios dice, después de eso volveré y reedificaré la choza caída de David. I'm going to rebuild the ruins of David's house. I'm going to restore the house of David. Voy a restaurar la casa de David. What's that talking about? It's talking about what Jesus has done. Jesus came in the line of King David, but he was greater than David. David's tent had fallen. David sinned. Israel sinned. The whole house of Israel was in ruins because of sin. La casa de Israel estaba en ruinas por el pecado de David y del pueblo. 
There was a new king that was needed, and Jesus comes as that new king. He dies on the cross. He rises from the dead in order to rebuild sinners. The people of Israel are restored through Jesus. Jesús muere resucita para restaurar a los de Israel por medio de Jesús. He's, he's rebuilding a new kingdom. But get this. This new kingdom is not just for the Jews. Este reino no es simplemente para los judíos. He says, I will rebuild David's fallen tent. And then in the next verse it says, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear his name. Voy a redificar la choza caída de David para que busque al Señor el resto de la humanidad. Todas las naciones que llevan mi nombre. In other words, the whole reason Jesus has come is not only to restore the people of Israel, but to open the doors wide so that all the nations, all peoples, Jewish and non-Jewish, may come in. Jesús redifica la casa para abrir las puertas de par en par para que los gentiles también puedan entrar. And so James is saying, this is what's going on right now. This is what's happening in this situation. Eso es lo que está pasando aquí. And then in Acts 15, 19, he says this, versículo 19, It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Yo considero que, no debe, que debemos dejar de ponerles traba a los gentiles que se convierten a Dios. Open up the doors. Don't make it difficult. Instead, he says, we should write them. We should write them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. De lo contrario, debemos escribirles que se abstengan de lo contaminado por los ídolos, de la inmoralidad sexual, de la carne de animales estrangulados y de sangre. Now, what's going on with that? Basically, James is saying there's just four things we need to ask them to do. Solo hay cuatro requisitos. All those other customs, sweep that away. They don't need those customs. They need to stay away from two things that offend God. Hay que abstenerse de dos cosas que ofenden a Dios. Idolatry. There's only one God. Don't, don't engage in, in uh, idolatry or uh, the worship of idols, la idolatría. Gentiles were famous for that. That's what they did. Eso es lo que hacían los gentiles. Don't do that anymore. Second, sexual immorality. Keep yourself pure for God. La inmoralidad sexual. Again, this was a custom of the Gentiles and not a good one. It was a sinful custom. They needed to cut that off. Era una costumbre pecaminosa de los gentiles. The other two are things that offend Jews. And if you're going to be a new family, don't offend your new family. Las otras dos cosas ofendían los judíos. Eating meat from strangled animals and eating blood, that was offensive to the Jewish Christians. So just stay away from that. Don't offend one another. Come together and be one. Uh, comer carne de animales estrangulados y sangre era ofensivo a los judíos. Entonces no hagan esto. So that, in the end, is what the church does. They write this letter, and they send it with Paul and Barnabas. Escriben esta carta. And in this letter, in Acts chapter 15, verse 28, they say something amazing. I want to read this for you. Dicen algo en Hechos 15, 28. They say this, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything 
beyond the following requirements. Nos pareció bien al Espíritu Santo y a nosotros no imponerles a ustedes ninguna carga aparte de los siguientes requisitos. And then they list those four things. It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's quite a claim. Nos pareció bien a nosotros y al Espíritu Santo. In other words, what we're seeing here is that as these leaders listened to each other, as they listened to Peter, as they listened to Barnabas, as they listened to Paul, as they listened to James, and most of all, as they listened to God's word, they heard the Holy Spirit speaking to them, and they could say with confidence, we have heard from God, and this seems good to us. Al escuchar unos a otros, a Pedro, a Pablo, Bernabé, Jacobo, y más que nada la palabra de Dios, escuchaban el Espíritu Santo. There is something powerful here for us to learn. Hay algo para aprender aquí. Because here's the thing, we've already said it in this, in this series. We've said God speaks clearly. Yes, He does. God reveals Himself through His creation. He reveals Himself through His Word. He reveals Himself through Jesus, most of all, the exact revelation of God. Dios se revela en la creación, en la Biblia, en Jesús. God speaks clearly, but here's the thing. For us to even understand and capture what God is saying to us, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Nosotros ocupamos la ayuda del Espíritu Santo. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so here's the thing. To avoid falling into error, when we are in situations where it is not clear what to do, to avoid falling into error due to our own personal opinions, our own private ideas of what is right and wrong, it is important for us to listen to God together. Para evitar las opiniones privadas, hay que escuchar a Dios juntos. We need to listen to God together and then trust. Trust that God is going to speak to us through His Word and through His Holy Spirit. Dios nos va a hablar en Su Palabra y en Su Espíritu Santo. I want to give you another example of this. If you just turn the page to Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Miremos Hechos 17, 11. We find this little verse that packs a lot. It says this, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul had said was true. Los de Berea eran de sentimientos más nobles que los de Tesalónica, de modo que recibieron el mensaje con toda avidez y todos los días examinaban las escrituras para ver si era verdad lo que se les anunciaba. What this is talking about is when Paul went to the city of Thessalonica. He preached to the Jews in Thessalonica. Pablo predicó a los de Thessalonica, a los judíos. And what did they do? They made a snap decision. We reject that. We don't want that. We don't want to hear about Jesus. Rechazaron el mensaje. So Paul went over to the neighboring town of Berea, and he preached to the Jews there. Después Pablo predicó a los de Berea, un pueblo cerca. And they had a different response. It says they listened with eagerness. They opened up and they, they accepted and heard what he had to say. Escucharon su mensaje con avidez. And then it says, every day 
They were examining the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. Todos los días examinaban las escrituras para ver si lo que decía Pablo era verdad. Now, you and I, we might have a picture of the Bereans hearing a message from Paul and then running home and pulling their Bible off the shelf and sitting in their easy chair and saying, oh, yeah, that looks good to me. But that's not what happened. Tenemos la imagen de que iban a sus casas y, y, y sacaban la Biblia del estante para leerla. You see, people didn't have their own copies of the Bible back then. Books were not even available. They just had scrolls. Solo tenían rollos. And most of the time, there was just one copy of the scriptures for the whole community. Había una sola copia de la Biblia para toda la comunidad. And so what did they do? Well, they didn't take out their phone app and just look it up on their own. Okay, they had to get together. Many didn't even know how to read. Algunos no sabían leer. So what did they do? They read God's word together. They listened to God's word together. They discussed God's word together. Leían y escuchaban y, y hablaban de la palabra de Dios juntos. And it says, out of that, many of the Berean Jews believed. Y muchos judíos creyeron. Así. Here's the deal. God speaks clearly. We've established that. God speaks clearly to us. Dios nos habla, but we need the help of the Holy Spirit. And here's the other thing. Although the Word of God speaks clearly, it may not always be apparent how to apply what God is saying to our particular circumstances. Because the Bible doesn't speak to every circumstance. There's nothing in the Bible about whether we should wear masks or not, for example. Okay? Uh, tenemos que aplicar la Biblia en nuestras circunstancias, pero no siempre está claro cómo hacer eso. So how do we work with that? Well, I believe that God speaks through his body as well. He speaks to the body of Christ, the church. Dios habla al cuerpo de Cristo la iglesia. And I believe God does that more than he does through private revelation. He does that more than just through individuals. Lo hace más que por la revelación privada. In fact, if somebody comes along and says, hey, I've got it. I've got the direct line from God. This is what we need to do in this situation. The Bible actually gives us a plan for how to evaluate that. Hay un plan para evaluar cuando alguien dice, yo sé de Dios, ¿qué debemos hacer? If you look at me at 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 19 through 22, we have the explanation of what to do when someone says, I have a message from God about what to do right now. Cuando alguien llega con un mensaje de Dios, eso es lo que dice 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. Dice, no apaguen al Espíritu. No desprecen las profecías. Sometanlo todo a prueba. Aférrense a lo bueno. Eviten toda clase de mal. So when somebody says, I've got the goods. I know exactly what God wants us to do in this situation. What do you do with that? Si alguien dice, yo sé exactamente lo que Dios quiere que hagamos. Well, first of all, don't throw cold water on it. No leches agua fría. Okay, don't do that. You might be putting out the Holy Spirit's fire. Instead, listen. Escuchen. No echen agua fría. Puede que apagues el Espíritu Santo. Don't treat what they say with contempt. Don't just make a snap decision and reject it. No lo rechacen. Instead, it says, test everything. Ponlo a prueba. How do you do that? Line it up with the Bible. Does this line up with God's Word? ¿Se alinea esto con la Biblia? Where it does, hold on to that. 
Aférrense a lo que se alinea con la Biblia. Where it doesn't, let it go. Reject that. That's not of God. Y donde no se alinea con la Biblia, hay que rechazar eso. See, we're called to be like the Jerusalem church. We're called to be like the Berean Jews. We're called to listen to God together. Somos llamados a ser como los bereos y como los de la iglesia de Jerusalén. Somos llamados a escuchar a Dios juntos. And we're called to do that in community. In fact, that's what we try to do. Our Sunrise elders had a meeting recently. And in that meeting, part of what we were doing was listening to each other and listening to God and listening to His Word. En una reunión de los ancianos, teníamos una reunión donde escuchábamos unos a otros a Dios y su palabra. And out of that meeting, our elders have sensed that right now, in this unclear situation that we're living in, what we need to do is to listen together. And so, in the next month or so, our elders are going to be working with me. They want to form some groups of people to listen to God together, to listen to His Word, to listen and process the Sunday message, and then to go to God's Word and to work with each other, to talk with each other about what we are to do. How do we apply this? Queremos formar grupos para escuchar el mensaje del domingo después, hablar lo que dice la palabra y hablar entre nosotros, discernir. Now, these groups, obviously, are going to be socially distanced. We want to have these groups wherever it's safe to do so, in patios, outdoors. But our own Sunrise Worship Center is big enough that we can have maybe a couple of small groups. Podemos hacer esto de forma distanciada en patios, en el santuario de la iglesia. Our Spanish speakers are already doing this. Every Sunday after the message, they meet and they talk about the message and they go through the Bible, and they listen together about how to live that out. Después, domingo, hacemos esto en el grupo uh, Amanecer, y los invitamos a estar con nosotros, donde escuchamos lo que dijo el mensaje, y después miramos la Biblia. But we want to invite you into that. Now, understand, there may be some obstacles for some of you, and not all of you may be able, but this is a challenge that is coming not just from me, it's coming from our elders. And I believe that these men have been praying and listening to God's Word and listening to God's Spirit. And they're saying, we need, at this time, we need to get connected. In fact, there's a great picture of this in Colossians 3.16. In Colossians 3.16, listen to what this says. This is what I think it should look like when we get together to listen to God. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And then it says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. That is, as you counsel and encourage one another. Que habite en ustedes la palabra de Cristo con toda su riqueza. Instruyanse y aconsejense unos a otros con toda sabiduría. It says that we are to teach and admonish or counsel one another with all Wisdom. This is about wisdom. Se trata de la sabiduría. Wisdom is when we take the clear word of God and we discern how to apply it to our lives, how to obey it and follow it, and most of all, how to follow Jesus together. La sabiduría es aplicar la palabra de Dios a nuestra vida. So I want to invite you, I want to invite all of us at sunrise that we might take a listening posture. 
a listening posture with our eyes open, our ears open, our minds open, our hearts open, and most of all, our Bibles open to hear from God. Queremos abrir los ojos, los oídos, los corazones, las mentes y la palabra de Dios. So, let's listen up together, Sunrise. Escuchemos juntos. And let's learn what God wants to make clear to us. Vamos a aprender lo que Dios quiere poner en claro. Would you pray with me? Oremos. God, I'm thankful that in this season where many things are unclear, one thing is clear. We need more Jesus. We need more Jesus. We may differ about whether we need more masks or more sheltering in place or uh, whatever, but we need more Jesus. Sabemos que ocupamos más de Jesús. Tenemos necesidad de Jesús en este tiempo, Señor. And so, Lord, we pray that we can seek you together. And we trust that you will speak to us as we open your word, as we talk, as we share our walk with each other. I want to pray for these groups, God, that we hope to start. As the weather gets cooler and we can be outside more, Lord, let us not miss this opportunity. Con el buen clima que viene pronto, que no perdamos esta oportunidad de congregarnos. Even if, if it's in smaller groups, Lord, we trust that, that in this socially distanced way, we can spiritually be close together. Aunque estemos distanciados socialmente, queremos estar íntimos espiritualmente, juntos. And so, Lord Jesus, speak to your people. Your servants are listening. Háblanos, Señor Jesús. Te escuchamos. Thank you. It's in your name we pray. En tu nombre te lo pedimos. Amen.